This is the OT Fancy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew, and I'm here with my favorite controversial coin flip in overtime, Stephen Galindo. How you doing? I'm excited to be back for another week, especially after that wild card weekend. I mean, let's jump right into it. The biggest surprise of the weekend had to be Cowboys Packers. Are you with me on that one? Yeah, it was funny because like there's really only one good game, I would say, throughout the entire weekend. But like most of them were blowouts. But this was a blowout we weren't expecting. <laughs> you know, like we thought we thought they could win, but we didn't think they would be blowing them out. You know, so uh, how much of a believer are you in? Are you in the Packers right now? I'm a big believer. I think the Packers can beat the Niners. You think okay? So let me. I was going to ask you this later in the episode, but I'll just ask you now, just while we're here. Screw it. Between the Packers and I'm trying to think, the Texans, who has a better chance of knocking off the, the number one team? I'm going to say the Packers do because I feel like the San Francisco defense isn't as good as it's been in years past. That's fair. So if they play... The secondary is a little, you know, it's it's hit or miss. Yeah, so if they play a phenomenal game like they did when they went into Dallas, Mm -hmm. like minimize mistakes, you know, lower, no turnovers, I think they have a good chance. I mean... I said this at the beginning of the year. I think Jordan Love is is the guy in Green Bay, and um, I I have confidence that he can lead the team. And the defense looks good too. I mean, granted, the Cowboys always. I feel like the Cowboys always find a way to lose. Yeah, it's not that the other team is finding a way to win. The Cowboys just find a way to lose. They didn't look good, like. It, it it literally felt like the end of an era, almost, in Dallas. But Dallas isn't one to rebuild, right? So, it's interesting what they're going to do this offseason. But it literally felt like Mike McCarthy might not be there anymore. Maybe Dak won't be there anymore. But those are very strong decisions to make in this offseason. But, like, if you... You go into the wild card weekend against a Green Bay Packers team like that and you lose, that's one thing. But to get blown out, that's just, you know, that's just, that's organi- that's organizationally from the top down, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was just, it was just, it fell apart. Mm-hmm. Every, it was like a play and everybody forgot their lines. Yeah, that's good. So, that's perfect. There's not much more there. Um, we could throw that out. Same old Dallas team. I mean, you know, come next off season, we'll be talking about fantasy relevant players. I still think there's a few, mm-hmm. and I'm crossing my fingers. Again, this is just kind of a like Madden Ultimate Team fantasy, you know, team <laughs> dream that I'm having. But I'd love to see Derrick Henry on the Cowboys. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk it up until it happens, but. Um, okay. We could just we could throw this game away. We already know how it ended. I'm sorry, Dallas, the city of Dallas. I'm sorry, Dallas fans. I'm sorry. 
you're just going to have to wait next year for it to be your year. So, um, the other big upset I feel like, or at least surprise at the ending score was the Cleveland Browns and the Houston Texans. I was not expecting the Houston Texans to look as good as they did. I was going to, or I figured that the Browns and and the Texans game would be closer with the Browns, you know, finding a way at the end to kind of pull away. But it was Mm -hmm. the complete opposite. And I would totally blew this call. If, you know, if they just played last week's episode, just that little snippet of Texans Browns, you know, we'd look really, really dumb. But, Mm -hmm. you know, like we always say, we can't tell the future. We just go off of the data that we have. And, um, everything pointed to the Browns pulling through on this one and they fell apart as well. I don't know what happened. Joe Flacco didn't look good. He threw a couple picks. The defense gave up some big plays. Like Houston is the real deal right now. Like as Mm. far as making a switch from being at the bottom to now being a playoff contender. And I think with future draft capital and some, you know, free agent moves, like they're going to put themselves in the conversation of possibly being a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl contender. Especially if you if you consider that a lot of their players are young, they're all in rookie deals, which allows them to build which allows them to build around these guys. You know, so you're not over, you're not paying your quarterback $50 million right now. You know, you still have a few more years before you have to start talking about contract extensions and stuff like that. So they have an opportunity to build around this. We'll see if they do, <laughs> you know, sometimes the, the, you know, like other teams, in your division get better. Jag, like, keep in mind, they barely won a division. <laughs> you know, they are the juggernaut Texans, but you know, the Jags and the Colts were right there. So you never know. Like, they could go into next season and be nine and seven and miss the playoffs. So it's uh we'll see. Um, I actually do think they have a chance against the Ravens. If you were to ask me, cause I'm a Rams fan, I would prefer that the Packers beat the 49ers, but I've seen the Ravens play down to their competition this year and they might. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Texans go in there, play strong, use their momentum, and it's a close game. Yeah, I got a question. This isn't really playoff related, but mm-hmm. do you think C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in that division? Fantasy-wise or in general? Overall, overall in general. Right now, yes. I would say he's better than Trevor Lawrence. I would say he's better than Will Levis. And he's better than Anthony Richardson, yeah. Okay. How about fantasy-wise? I want to say Anthony Richardson. But he probably needs to give me at least half of a healthy year before I make that claim. But Yeah, it's, that's a pretty bold, pretty so I'd bold say, claim. I'd say right now it's CJ. Because like when Anthony Richardson was playing, it looked like he was going to be the best one. Yeah, he looked but, pretty good. But he got hurt. So I would say right now it's CJ Stroud, but I think Anthony Richardson's ceiling is a little higher. Yeah, we'll have to see how he comes back next season. Um moving on. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda point a finger at you because <laughs> you took the Dolphins over the Chiefs. I did. And the very next day 
after we dropped the episode, you said, man, I should have took the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And you said because of the weather. And, hey, you know what? Weather is a part of football. I don't know what happened to the Dolphins. Or maybe the Chiefs defense is pretty good. You know? I mean, I think it looks pretty good. I know it's cold and and whatnot, and the elements do play a role. But how much of a role did, you know, the weather play in that game? I think, it, like, okay, like... I don't mean to make excuses, but like you go from probably a week and a half ago or even just a week ago, you're practicing in Florida at the most or maybe at the lowest, it's 50 degrees. And then now you're almost like almost 80 degrees if you're including the windshield colder than that. And so your hands are harder. You don't want to take them out of your pockets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the hits hurt harder. I I just don't know if Miami was ready. And like the Chiefs, they were practicing in that all week. The Chiefs know what they're doing. And to be honest, the Chiefs have just been there before. When I when I was making my pick last week, I did go back and forth a bit, right? I talked myself in and out of the picks. And I shouldn't have gone with the Chiefs. I thought Miami just had more firepower, but I probably shouldn't just went with the guy who's been there before. So, you know, tip my hat to Patrick Mahomes and to yourself. Yeah, and and we got we got a, a, a tough matchup coming up, but we'll get into that later in the show. Um Lions and Rams, your Rams mm-hmm. against America's Lions, like and when I say America I only mean Detroit, but <laughs> that was a really good game. I think we both thought that it was gonna come down to the wire mm-hmm. and it kept going back and forth. It stalled a little bit in the third quarter, but then the juices got flowing again in the fourth. And when Jared Goff couldn't convert a first down with like six minutes to go, I said, "Oh, that's it. The Lions are going to lose." Yeah, the Lions I, are going to. That's it. They're going to. They're done. And I felt like when the Rams finally got a stop, I was like, "Oh, okay. Now the Rams could win this game." It's kind of like when you're playing Madden. You're giving up points all game, and all of a sudden you get that one stop, and you're like, "All right, this is it. This is this is what I've been asking all game." And the Rams just couldn't really execute at the end. Detroit stood up. I will say this as a Rams fan, and some people might call me a fake Rams fan for this, but whatever. If we're gonna lose to any team under any circumstances, I'm glad it was Detroit. Uh, I although the Rams won a Super Bowl because of it. I do still think Jared Goff didn't get a fair shake at the end of his tenure with the Rams. And and he was the first quarterback to lead us back to the promised land after so many like two and fourteen seasons, seven and nine seasons. So eight felt, and eight seasons. Yeah, eight and eight. So it felt good for him to have this moment. And they are probably the team I'm going to root for moving forward, which means they're probably going to lose now. <laughs> but I, I hope, you know, I, I, th- I forgot who I might have texted to you guys. Well. I was like, I felt like Detroit needed this more than I did. <laughs> and they had their moment. Uh, they apparently booed Matt Stafford's kids. I don't care, I guess. <laughs> you know, but, you know, um, Dang, Detroit is ruthless. You don't you you don't make a playoff game in how many years? Let alone win a playoff game in how many years? And you're gonna boo the one guy who like had love for the city. I thought I thought it was I like I I kind of like 
at moments was like, I get the booing when he came onto the field. Cause I'm like, it's a big moment. This is, this is the guy that's probably trying to take this away from you. But the, the, the fact that it kind of like, I guess, continued to like his family and it continued throughout the game. I thought it was a little odd because it's not like he was like flipping off the crowd or anything, <laughs> you know, but, uh, and I feel it's, like at the end of his Lions tenure, he didn't say like, uh, I don't want to be here. Like, yeah. Lions said, you know, it's time for us to move on. We need to figure it out. Obviously, we don't want to pay that money to extend you because you're not in the future. And so it was mm-hmm. like a mutual, it was a mutual parting of the ways. And like, and, I think it I, made I, the Lions I, better. And apparently the line, yeah, it did. And apparently, like, I know, apparently it was like a story on ESPN that a bunch of Lions fans were rooting for the Rams. And there was like this, like, even like Twitter accounts and fan pages made called the Detroit Rams because they were still rooting for Matthew Stafford to get his championship. But then I guess when it comes to him trying to keep you from getting yours, it's, you know, that goes out the window. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, care. so, so, yeah. But I'm, I'm happy for Jared Goff. I'm happy for the Lions. Uh, if, I'm on St. Brown. Went to USC. I'm, I'm happy for everyone. If the city of Detroit had to wait another fifty years before they got a championship, just so it means that the Chiefs win one this year, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm sure you are. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I can live with that. So, so there's two outcomes for me that I think would make this playoffs perfect. Either one, Detroit wins, which I think is ideal. B, the Texans tr- truly become the juggernaut Texans, and I like even more right <laughs> from the beginning of the season. But after that, it's just teams I don't like losing, so I don't want the 49ers <laughs> to win. You know, I don't like the Packers, so hopefully the Packers win, then lose. Uh. And honestly, I would like to see the Bills maybe move on to a championship because they haven't got one in many years themselves. But outside of that, like, as long as the 49ers don't win, I think I'm okay with this year's whoever wins the Super Bowl this year. All right. There you have it. Speaking like a a pretty content Rams fan right now. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as the 49ers don't win. That's, hey, you know what? I'm not even mad at it. Uh, Steelers and Bills, not much to go over there. It kind of went down the way we thought it was going to go down. I think the biggest thing is Tomlin walking out of that press conference with the contract question. Yeah. Well, supposedly, you know, all these stories came out of him possibly leaving. Mm-hmm. I guess he told the team he's not going anywhere, that he plans to be there in 2024. So. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I'll be honest, like I think he should, like he's one of those coaches that you feel like could be and should be a lifer. But I, I would have said that about Belichick too. This, this year's been, I don't know what's going on this January, but this January has just been absolutely nuts with coaching changes. Yeah, so, coaches get old, man. They're humans yeah. too. Yep. <laughs> and then you know to end, um, you know to end MLK Day. And I'm, I'm gonna sound a little bitter, but I'm happy the Eagles got smacked the way they did, nine to thirty-two against the Bucks. Sign I think you up. and I both, you know, we, we we thought the Bucks could pull it off. Did, I, the did, Eagles, we, did we say the Bucks on the podcast? I think we said the Bucks before the game started. I know we both said the Bucks. You're gonna have to <laughs> pull the tape back. I'm gonna pull the tape back, but 
I said the Bucks can do an upset here. I had uh, faith in the what they were doing. And not only that, but I think it was more so the Eagles have just looked bad. Bad. Mm-hmm. They were down bad. Like, like we, you know, in our group chat, in our fantasy, you know, league group chat, you know, we, we have an Eagle fan. And, you know, usually I don't feel bad for Philadelphia fans, but I felt pretty bad for him because I know the feeling like <laughs> to watch your team just get smacked by another team that shouldn't even be in the same, you know, the Eagles mm. shouldn't be in the wild card round. No, that's right. They they were, I think, before their bye week projected to get the first place. And even if they lost a couple games on the way, they should have still got there. But the fact that they lost so many games, and they they lost them pretty ugly, too. And I think after that Niners game, mm-hmm. I think that one hit them hard. Because they did not look the same after that Niners game. There's like those videos on social media, them going back to the fundamentals and stuff like that. And then Jalen Hurts' quotes and it just it hasn't, hasn't looked good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what more can we say about the Eagles? Rams, uh, leg- Rams legend Baker Mayfield. He's also a story I'm rooting for. I just don't like the Bucks naturally. Like, I just don't like ne- the Bucks. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. I, uh, I think when I was younger, they were really good, <laughs> and so I wasn't. I wasn't vibing with them then. And then, like recently, they've been on the Tom Brady train, and it's not like I have anything against Tom Brady necessarily. It's just when a team gets the best quarterback of all time, you're kind of not rooting for them. And so, like now, it's just like, all right, they're a whatever team. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just. But I like Baker Mayfield. You know, I like his personality. Yeah, his whole demeanor is good. Um, obviously, he's no Tom Brady, but yeah, I mean, I could. He, he reminds me. Uh, this might just be really bad comparisons, but he reminds me of like Draymond Green and Russell Westbrook in the NBA. But because like, if you look at them statistically, they're not very good. <laughs> but if they're so in your face, they get paid and play. You know what I mean? So it's like he seems like that kind of guy. It's just like, you would think he would have been out of the league by now, but he's still there. He's still leading. He's still leading a team in the playoffs and, you know, kudos to him, right? He signed a one year deal with the bucks and you know what? They, they should resign him. I think so too. I would, I would agree with you. He's shown more than enough. And in, in such a weak division, Mm -hmm. like they can run that division for the next two, three years, you know, if they want, unless someone comes to town, Unless someone comes to town in Atlanta, in Atlanta, you think so? I don't think so. That's a That's great a- segue into the next uh, yeah. portion here of the show. Uh, Bill Belichick had an interview with Did- the Atlanta Falcons. Can I? Can I? I want to start the segment off with something, and I, I need I need to hear this from you, real quick. This might be, and tell me if I'm an idiot. Maybe I just my head. I've been on the rock. This has to be the first year that I've seen NFL teams put a graphic on their social media saying that they're interviewing a certain coach. Never have I seen that. It's been usually they're hired and then then the graphic comes up saying like we hired so-and-so. I've never seen an NFL team saying 
we're interviewing, and then there's a graphic of that coach. The Falcons did it with Bill Belichick, and the Chargers did it with Harbaugh. And I was yeah, like, I, I have to, I have to agree with you. Usually, it's so like weird. NFL insiders will say, you know, Bill Belichick had interviews with these teams. But the teams themselves don't say, like, yeah, we had interviews. And yeah. then, like, a week or two later, you find out, like, oh, you know, the Falcons are hiring so-and-so. So, yeah, that is that is very weird, very, it's, it's, very yeah. non-traditional. Yeah, and I don't know if they're trying to, like, get buzz around their team. I don't know if it's like, hey, Coach, look, we're already promoting you. I don't, I don't know what it is. But, yeah, Belichick, I, I interviewed with the Falcons. I'm sure it's not the only team he's interviewed with. Or had uh, talks with, yeah. But yeah, do you do you? What are the percentages? One to hundred? Do you think he becomes the coach of the Falcons? I think it's an eighty eighty percent chance. Okay. It's a weak division. The roster looks good. Yeah. So I think he can he can do some damage in that division. Do you think one of the biggest downfalls of the Patriots, though, was he went from the greatest quarterback of all time, arguably, to Mac Jones. Actually, Cam Newton, (laughs) then Mac Jones. I like how you just throw uh, Mac Jones under the bus there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I personally don't know if Bill Belichick would take on a similar a similar situation like that now i'm with you too i think that it's certainly above 60 70% the fact that the falcons are promoting it the fact that it's uh it's one of the first uh sources you know cuz like he's probably been in discussions with teams but this was the first story in terms of like him talking to a team uh but i i and he, like you said, he does have the talent around him. I just don't know if he'd go into that quarterback situation like that unless there's a quarterback that the Falcons are seriously considering getting with Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, all of it, all available, and they could trade, I guess. I don't, I'm, in, I'm intrigued, though, why he would personally think that's the best situation for himself. I guess he just. I think he should wait it out. And well, what I, other? Well, he. I'm sure he. He. You know, the owner and him probably have a relationship. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know what? I do think because like a lot of people are saying he might interview if the Cowboys position becomes available. <laughs> but I don't know if he personally would want to be part of a team with the owner who gets his hands in his business so much. I don't mm-hmm. know if he would want to work with Jerry Jones on building the roster and having say in certain positions and certain things. I think, I think he would like, I think he has a better chance of going to the Falcons than the Cowboys. And having uh, that like freedom to do yeah. what he needs to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, the Falcons do have the eighth overall pick. Which they could get a good quarterback. Like they might not be able to trade up to get Caleb, but maybe they could trade up and get Derek May, or they could, you know, take a chance on Michael Penix, something like that. So they're they're they could get a quarterback in that deal, or they're part of the Bears discussion and they're the ones who get Justin Fields. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of options at quarterback. Like you mm-hmm. said, they can take Drake May. They can take uh, I said what Derek Carr, Penix <laughs> Jr. Um, who's the uh, LSU quarterback? Jaden Daniels. Daniels, there you go. They could take Daniels. They could trade for Fields. They can pick up Kirk Cousins. That's true. I think if you're looking for like a win now mentality, I think Kirk Cousins would be a solid, you know, a solid pickup. Because I think the roster outside of the quarterback position is stacked, mm-hmm. and their defense, and then you know, with the draft picks, draft defensive players. Yeah, I think that could work. I'm but, trying to think if there's another quarterback on top of my head that's available. And the other one, I know this is a bad one, but Carson Wentz might be available. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone that Bill Belichick would like. But um, who knows? Maybe Dak Prescott will become available in a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know, technically Baker Mayfield just signed a one-year contract. Maybe Baker Mayfield's available. You know, stuff like that. So, I don't know. Is it bad that Baker Mayfield's like good, but I don't think he's get you to the Super Bowl and win good? We'll find out this year. <laughs> we'll find out, yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, other than that, you had Jim Har- Harbaugh um, interview for the Chargers, like you mentioned earlier. I know uh, from all the readings that I've done, um, it seems like he's really interested in working with Justin Herbert mm-hmm. and the Chargers. But I heard the Raiders were trying to get him to interview there, or he had an interview with them. So if if I'm Jim, the situation in the NFL would have to be secure enough for me to leave a cussy position in Michigan. The thing about the Michigan situation, and uh, I'm pretty, I'm going to say college football savvy, is two star players on offense are going to go to the NFL draft. Uh, the Big Ten is becoming a much larger. You're having West Coast teams now join the Big Ten, so they're playing teams like, I don't know if they're going to play these teams. They're going to play USC for sure next year, but I don't know if they're going to play Oregon or Washington. They might play one of them. So it he would be leaving possibly at a perfect time because it's nothing's guaranteed next season, and then his value might dip a little bit if the if Michigan goes 8-4 and four instead of 12-0. and 0. But I also feel like financially and in terms of, you know, job security, you you don't necessarily want to go to a Raiders or the Chargers situation that's also shaky as well. If if anything, if Jim Harbaugh doesn't take the Chargers job, I think that's perfect for Belichick because Belichick gets his QB. He has a little bit more freedom in how things operate there. They do have some pieces. You know, it's just trying to figure out who to cut, who to release, who to bring in. But if I'm going to give a percentage, I think it's actually he goes to the Chargers, and I think it's closer to 90% now that Harbaugh is going to go. Yeah, to the Chargers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Those are all great points because I think you're right. Like, you're losing two star players. You know, uh, you're going to have to – your your value is very high right now, so you yeah. can probably get a very good contract at this point in time. As to where in a year from now, you know your team might not be as good, and that's not entirely on you. But you know your team is a reflection of the coach, and so 
Yeah, I, I, I can agree with him um, signing with the Chargers. I think Antonio uh, I think, Pierce goes to the Raiders. I think that that's I was going to say, I think the Raiders would be dumb not to hire Pierce. I think that honestly, that should be like 95%. You have Max Crosby and everyone saying the, and I, you know, if you want Max Crosby to be a franchise player for your team, I, I would just be like, you, you give Pierce a three year contract and see what he could do with it. And give him all three years. The Raiders have this problem of trying to fire coaches like halfway through a huge contract. Hire Pierce. Three years. If he's not doing it by year two, cut him in year three, and then you only have to pay him for one year. They're going to be paying coaches for the next, like, ten years, so. <laughs> yeah. Raiders are going to raid her. Absolutely. But uh, other than that, or, or one piece of news is uh, the Patriots, and it's crazy that they hired somebody like today after Belichick has his press conference. <laughs> I, I think he, um, they had this set up ready to go. Yeah, so they 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 hired Gerard Mayo, which I mean, he's been with the Patriots his entire career as a player, as a coach. He knows the Patriot way, the Patriot way, mm-hmm. and I mean, we'll see what they can do. I mean, they need a quarterback, obviously. Their defense, mm-hmm. I think, is pretty good, but. They need to start making moves on the offensive side of the ball. I, I don't think they have any big playmakers outside of, you know, Ramondre Stevenson who have really shown off skills to like, you know, you're like, oh man, like that player is the difference maker. Yeah, I, I do. I think it's a good hire. And I think it's on Mayo to prove that this is an extension of the Belichick era necessarily. Or it could just be a transitional coach. They bring in a Belichick guy, and then if it doesn't go well, then they could really restart and re-image the program and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think it's up to him to prove that this is not a transitional move, and that does mean at least competing. You don't have to necessarily go out there and win your division. But when the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins come to town, those are hard-fought games. And you're at least flirting with 500 and the wild card spot, even probably even starting next year. You know, um, cause I, I'm pretty yeah, sure they, I'm pretty sure that was, those were the expectations going into this year, at least. Even they have Jones. one of the hardest divisions. It's tough. Eventually, the Bills are going to have to pay the pay those players or let them walk. Uh, the Jets are actually the Jets are probably going to start doing the same thing eventually too, like. Um, they and the Dolphins will probably eventually too. So, the Patriots might be one or two years away, but I'm sure Boston, that fan base, the expectations are going to start next season. Yeah, that that makes sense. What about the Eagles coach Nick Sirianni? Do you think his job is safe? I don't think it's safe, but I think it should be. I feel I think uh, we talked about this was in the last episode or the episode before then. Um, he he got you to the Super Bowl, then he gave you probably what was it eleven almost great number one seed weeks, and then it kind of fell apart. Now, if it falls apart, that is on the coach. So you do he, there needs to be some kind of a consequence for that, and I just think the consequence is you're on the hot seat next year. You know, it's either do or die next year, right? But uh, I wouldn't. 
the Philadelphia does have a tendency to get rid of coaches before they should. But uh, that's my opinion. But I'm not. I don't run the Eagles, so yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, you still got coaches out there like Mike Rabel. Yeah, I think I think Mike Rabel would be great as like a Cowboys coach. Like I I don't know if that's going to you know happen or not. Uh, I feel like there's another position, another coaching job out there that I can't think of on the top of my head that's available. Pete Carroll on the Seahawks. There we go, Seahawks. But uh, what's his name? Dan Quinn is the leading the pack for that one, right? It's almost basically done. <laughs> it feels like you know, I haven't. Got, I haven't. Yeah. Like it's like everything I've heard is says Dan Quinn's going to Seattle. I just don't know if anything officials happened. The Cowboys game just ended a couple of days. Ago. Is that where he was with the defense? I believe so. Before he went to the Falcons. Uh, maybe. I can't remember who he was. Anyways, I think that would be a good hire. It's solid, especially going from probably the best coach you've had in your entire franchise history. Just getting a solid person to kind of keep the momentum. It's the, basically, it's the same team they had the year before. It's just... Oh, yeah, he was a defensive coordinator in 13-14. Oh, okay. And then, and then he became the, the Falcons okay. head coach, yeah. I think it'd be a great move for the for the Seahawks. Familiar face. Maybe, you know, gets get the defense identity back. Um yeah, any more well, coaching news until you know, I bet you tomorrow when we or when we drop this episode, every single coaching decision is gonna be made and then this is gonna be out of date, but <laughs> most likely. But what won't be out of date is Caleb declaring for the draft. Mm-hmm. And him going at the number one overall pick. Do you think he'll be number one? I think so. I think the lion or lions. Why am I saying the lions? The bears. All mm-hmm. these animals. The bears. I think the bears have a tough decision. But I mean, if they believe that Caleb is the once in a lifetime talent that everybody is saying, then it's hard to justify passing him up. Yeah. So. It is an interesting situation. So I think Caleb is probably locked in at number one. The only thing that would change that is some Mike Mel Kiper ass move person that at some point just goes, actually, Drake May is number one, you know, stump or actually Jaden Daniels, you know, something like that. Like, I don't know. Uh, Caleb Williams is a bad press conference or something or they, they, I don't know. But right now, I just, I just uh, don't think so. I think he's set at number one. I, so I would say so too. Yeah, it's either the Bears are going to take him, or the Bears are going to trade the pick for you know a, a haul of other picks. So if they don't figure out what to do with Justin Fields, they might actually keep the pick and then draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. and get some help for Justin Fields because Justin Fields has proven that he could be. I need to watch my words here, but I'm not going to say a great NFL quarterback, but he, he he's proven that he could be a good NFL quarterback accuracy issues. Uh, but outside of that, you know, with his feet, he's actually made pretty impressive throws last year that I don't think he was making the year before. Um, 
So bringing, giving him a weapon on the offense would be helpful. Uh, but I personally think either the Bears trade Justin Fields, they keep the pick, and it's Caleb going to Chicago. Or the Bears will just trade back. And I think the two teams that uh, are, uh, I think, that I've heard the most about going for that would probably be the Commanders. Caleb Williams is from the DMV area, so that might work. And, you know, they have a brand-new owner. I think he'll be aggressive. It also depends what coach they bring in. That was another team that uh, needs a coach. Uh, Another team that I've heard, too, about trading up, but not necessarily for the number one pick, but trading up in general, was the Falcons. Uh, They get one of those top three quarterbacks, either Drake May, Jaden Daniels, or Caleb Williams. I do think if they even keep their pick, they would be satisfied with Michael Penix. But I don't know. The Patriots could even trade up to make the get Caleb Williams. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You know, who knows? Even the Titans or I don't know. Like there's a lot crazy. of teams that need to trade up. And I think the bears are in a good position having two first round picks. Carolina yeah. with Bryce Young right now looks really bad. Yeah. I think um it'd be crazy if the Patriots moved up to the one, two or three pick for a quarterback. Well what are they right now? Number three? So if yeah. they moved up to the number one pick for a quarterback. Yeah, they're number three. If they moved up to number one to take Caleb Williams and then they got rid of Belichick, I don't know, that just doesn't seem to make sense to me. So if they did move up though, and there's even rumors that they might even move up, they're at the third pick. You said they might even move up to the second pick. I've heard maybe it's just, you know, just people make, I'm not gonna say rumors. It's just people predicting things that may happen. Um, if they trade it up though, then the bears go down to three and then at three, they could possibly get Marvin Harrison jr. So they still might be able to get a guy that can help Justin Fields, and then you also get some more draft assets or players or something like that. Um, I do think if I'm an NFL team who knows you're not getting anywhere near those top three or four quarterbacks, I I would be calling the Bears saying, like, all right, what do you want for Justin Fields? Yeah. You know, like, so the Bears are in a situation where I think it's a little win-win as long as they manage it. Well, but we'll see. I think we'll be talking about it all off season. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> the wait continues. Um, just so we don't take a lot of uh, people's time here, since this isn't a uh, fantasy too much related episode, I want to hear your predictions for divisional round games this weekend. Give it to me straight. Texans, Ravens, who do you got? Ravens. I yeah. I, um, I just think they're the better team. That defense, it's less about Lamar and it's more about that defense. That defense is excellent. And I don't I don't see I don't see the Texans moving on the Ravens like they, but there's been moments this year where the Ravens have looked a little soft in some spots and 
if the Texans puts points on the board, then yeah, it's on Baltimore to keep up. And I think if you're forcing Lamar to throw the ball, turnovers tend to happen. Not saying he's turnover prone, but I'm just saying like it tends to happen a little bit more often than when he keeps the ball on the ground. So, um, but I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I think it's the it's picking with my head, not my heart. The Ravens. <laughs> That's a good pick. Um, I think C.J. Stroud is that guy. I think it's going to be a lot closer than we think. But mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think the Ravens are going to pull it off. The defense is really good. They're playing at home. I think, you know, it's it's a lot to take in for a team that's inexperienced. And so I think they're going to make some mental mistakes. And I think the, the Ravens will pull it off at home. So give me the Ravens. Uh, what about uh, Bucks versus Lions? Uh, probably Lions. In Detroit. In Detroit. I would say Lions at home. I don't. It's like weird because both of them feel like Cinderella stories, but the Lions are actually legitimately a good team. Uh, I do feel the Bucks are going to have a uh, have a tough time keeping the Lions' offense contained. I'm not saying that the Lions are going to go up for go up for like 40 points or anything like that, but I do think um, it's going to be close, but not entirely close. I think it's going to still be like the Lions are in control for most of the game. And then maybe in the fourth quarter, there's a push, but it will probably still be a seven to 10 point Lions win. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I think that the Lions, they're on a roll right now. They're playing at home. Like I mentioned in the last episode, they're playing for the city. Mm-hmm. They got the city on their back. So they're playing for the city of Detroit. And um, I think the Bucks still aren't all the way where they need to be. So I, I agree with you. I think they're going to have trouble with containing the Lions offense. I don't think the Detroit defense is that great, mm-hmm. but I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is that good either. So I think it's going to come down to the Lions offense against the Bucks defense and give me the Lions offense. There you go. All right, Packers 49ers. All right, so I'm going with my heart, not my head on this one. I want the Packers. I think they're going to go into that game with some BDE after beating the Cowboys. And I think the Packers are actually going to uh, catch the 49ers off guard. I think the 49ers will be playing on their heels for most of the game. Not saying they're going to be playing from behind necessarily, but I just think the game's going to be tighter. And I just feel like the confidence that the Packers have right now is going to help. And I. I would say Jordan Love in certain moments this year have, might have proven to be that guy in tougher situation than maybe Brock Purdy has. I feel like when Brock Purdy's back has been against the wall, he's kind of shown that he's not that guy at times. But sometimes you just need to throw a screen pass to CMC and then you're good, right? So um, I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to say the Packers. If if, if I'm going to pick one upset this weekend, I'm going to say the Packers. Yeah, I I think we're on the same here. I think the Packers are firing on all cylinders. Their defense looks good. Everything is going right for them. They're going to have that BDE. You know, they don't care. And they don't have to play in the cold. So that's even better. So mm-hmm. I think they're, like you said, they're going to have the Niners on their toes. I don't think Brock Purdy is the long-term future of the Niners. 
And I know under some pressure, when you take away some of his weapons, you know, he hasn't looked as good. Um, but you're right. There's always the possibility of an 80-yard screen pass to CMC or uh, a jet sweep to Debo Samuel for 60 yards. But I'm going to take the Packers because I believe in them. I think they're just, like I said, they're hot right now when they need to be. The defense looks good. Their offense is functioning. It's crazy that they're doing it with rookie wide receivers, but Mm -hmm. they're doing it. And so uh, give me the Packers barely upsetting the Niners. Shout out to Sam Darnold on the 49ers real quick. But I to go back to your thing, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but it's interesting that you say you don't think he's the long-term option for them at quarterback. But I feel like it's difficult if they keep winning to eventually have a longer term option because it gets harder and harder to replace your quarterback the more you win. So unless, unless they just pick up one of these veteran quarterbacks in the market, like Kirk cousins or something like you said, but I think Brock Purdy is for sure. The quarterback starting next season. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with that. I just don't think he's the long term, you know, five, 10 years out. Gotcha. That makes sense. He's not a a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, you know, guys that are like going to be there for their entire career. He could be a Dak Prescott where you don't feel like he should be, but all of a sudden eight years from now, he's, he's throwing wildcard games. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll just have to wait and see how he does this. uh, Are they playing Saturday or Sunday? They're playing Saturday. So this Saturday, we'll see if Brock Purdy is uh, the guy there in, in San Francisco. So I saved the best for last. Yep. I saved the best for last because I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. And it's not because it's my Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills. But I think that there is a rivalry here that every time they play, it's just a really good game. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's snowing or it's cold out there, both teams are used to the cold, the elements. So I think it's going to come down to the Kansas City defense holding up the Bills. And then hopefully the Chiefs can score in the red zone this time around because I don't know how many field goals they had against the Dolphins. But um, if the defense can hold the Bills, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to come down to that field goal. I, I think the the difference in this game will be who's the first team or maybe who's the last team to make a second-half mistake, whether it's a drop pass, whether it's a turnover, what if, or it's like going forward on fourth and three in the other team's territory. Something of that nature, I think, is going to shift this game it's going to be close. Um, I'm going to pick the Bills, and I'm going to say by four. I'm going to tell you this right now, though: if the Chiefs win this one, then I'm not picking. I'm not picking whoever the Chiefs play in the in the AFC Championship. I'll pick the Chiefs because I'll learn my lesson then. But I'm going to pick the Bills. All right. Well, everybody knows already who I'm picking. I'm picking the Chiefs. To win it by a field goal at the end of regulation, it's going to be you know a two-minute drill, Patrick Mahomes driving down the field, and we're going to get that W. I still believe in us. 
I still think, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, every year is our year. And the Chiefs have been here. They've they've been here in this moment. And so I think, you know, that obviously plays a big role in, you know, in preparation and what to expect. And um, I know they're playing in Buffalo, but I think they, they get out of there with a win. And this might be the collapse of the bills so we'll see hopefully i don't look like a clown you know <laughs> i'm not wearing my red nose on the next episode but i'm taking the chiefs by three field goal at the end of regulation it's going to be one for the books a classic um and hopefully you know we're, we're not taking on uh the juggernaut texans in the afc uh championship game there you go <laughs> All right, Brian, let the people know where they can find us on X. You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball. Stop by, say hello, you know, interact with us. I'll try to get the polls up this week a little earlier uh, so we have more time to vote on them. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google, or whatever you find your podcast. Please subscribe. Please let us know how we can improve. Let us know what you enjoy or not enjoy. And, yeah, uh, that's about it, you know. Like I said, we appreciate you guys. You guys guys can be doing anything with your time, but you're listening to us. And we appreciate that. We're not fortune tellers, but I'm telling you the Chiefs are going to win this weekend. As always, I'm Steven. With me is Brian. Thank you for listening and tuning in to the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.